From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 137, and today I'm joined by Atticus Mitchell, an actor you've probably seen on shows like Fargo, The Killjoys, Young Drunk Punk, The Expanse, Second Gen, and many more. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch A Serious Man. I'm Jeremy. I saw this movie only one time many years ago, and I don't really remember it. I've seen this movie no times, no years ago. Which is why we're watching yeah. it. Yeah! And you are Atticus. <laughs> I'm Atticus Mitchell. I'm an actor and a pianist and a friend of Jeremy's, and this is my first time on the podcast, and I'm really excited to be here and watch this movie that I've always wanted to watch. So what made... So are you a Cohen fan? Yes. Yes. This is, this is why I'm so intrigued, because he's... He, they, the brothers, um, they uh, strike me as, I don't want to say hit and miss, but it seems like every like third movie I don't like mm. compared to the previous like masterpieces, yeah. which is crazy. It's either like I love their movies or I kind of hate them. Which ones do you hate? I'm curious. Hail Caesar. I saw yeah. in theaters and I wanted to leave. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. They're more hit and miss lately. I found like they had a good run for like their first five or six films. Even yeah. Hudsucker Proxy, which most people are are a pass on. I liked Hudsucker, and most people. I mean, people I talked to, nobody really likes Raising Arizona, and I love Raising Arizona is one of the funniest movies ever made. It's amazing. It's so good. I love the man who wasn't there. Man who wasn't there <clears> is great. Yeah, No Country Old Men, great. All that shit, but Lady Killers. Lady Killers is I'm like what? <laughs> Lady Killers and I'm like you know I'm a completionist so when I buy DVDs or Blu-rays for directors I gotta have the whole entire right. set I didn't I do not own a copy of Lady Killers that speaks volumes I was just like and I was even once and this is back before Blockbuster folded there was like a copy for three bucks I was like no <laughs> I'm never gonna fucking watch that movie again I don't need to. <laughs> That's fair. I think I got through like 20 minutes or so. But I think it's that it's like, I, th- I liked Intolerable Cruelty. I thought that it was, it was Yeah, cute. it was fun. Fargo, of course. Fargo's amazing. amazing. Uh, and I, uh, and you did, you're on the series. I was in the show. Yeah. Which I guess counts. That's, oh, they were dude. producers. You're, you're part of Cohen Legacy. I am part of the, the Cohen family a little bit. That, uh, yeah. The, the movie and the show are like kind of synonymous. I don't know really which I like better. They're great. I love the, it. It feels like a really nice natural extension mm-hmm. of it. Like that's what I really liked about it. All the little Easter eggs they plant and play with. Yeah. But yeah. I think the, the, the outlier is Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. Which I saw and didn't, I don't even know if I liked it. But I've only seen it once, and I've been meaning to see it again because that that one, yeah, like revisited. I was just reading some article. I think it was like Variety or something talking about the Coens and just talking about 
21st century film, and they... The, the article was all about, like, Inside Lewin Davis being their best film. And I was like, oh. okay, well, then maybe I should revisit it. Because right now it is on my every third movie I don't like. And it's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of there. But I feel like that one. But a Serious Man, I haven't seen. I it's should do that before I rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Else. It's interesting with Lewin Davis because I think the first time I watched it, I probably wasn't in the right mood. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hate it, but I was kind of met on it. And then I revisited it, and I was like, I love this movie. Yeah. I, I went in thinking it was going to be a different movie. And I then, think that's part yeah, of it too. I think the trailer thing. was misleading at the time, and then having some space from it, I came back and I really enjoyed it. I mean, okay. Oscar Isaac's is is pretty goddamn charming. He's handsome. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure as a musician, there's part of it. That oh yeah, the the soundtrack I love. Yeah. I listen to all the time. The stu- Oscar Isaac and Marcus Mumford doing their doing yeah. Their when shit, the Coens' the music is working, like Oh Brother, it's just oh my god. We, I can't believe we haven't mentioned that movie. Yes, yeah. Oh Brother, Where Thou. Oh my god, we that was like the album of my childhood for some reason. The family when we go for drives, Oh Brother, Where Thou soundtrack constantly on repeat. It's so good. It, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. So I love good. that movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think the outliers for me are really Hail Caesar, Lady Killers. Those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. And this one. So I watched this one, and I won't say, spoil too much about it. First of all, I am not Jewish. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Uh, and so, so here we are, two uh, <laughs> Gentiles, I believe, is the... I was raised Catholic. Yeah, same. Uh, but I'm not Catholic anymore. Same. Okay, we're going to have very so, similar So we apologize in advance for all the inside <laughs> baseball shit we miss. Uh, I probably should have had uh, one of my very Jewish friends on this to explain all, to, to Jewsplain. Oh, all nice. the, the, I don't know if that's a correct term. I apologize for I, that I, if that offended anyone. Uh, <laughs> I uh, because I'm sure we're. I, I know from friends that were like, "Oh, you haven't, you don't love this movie." I'm like, I thought it was. I don't really remember it that well. I think I thought it was okay, but I think it's the the friend like Jonas Chernick is a good friend of mine, and I've worked, I, I've written stuff with him, and he's like, "No, it's hilarious mm-hmm. if you get the jokes." I'm like, oh, okay. "I'm sure." Okay. Uh, so okay. I'm curious to to see if I pick up anything else this time around. But again, dear viewers, you are listening to two non-Jewish Persian people. Persians, Persians, uh, two non-Jewish Persians watch uh, what I think is supposed to be a very inside baseball movie about Judaism. I'm into it. Yeah, but I that's also fine love too. Stuhlbarg, and that's kind of the main reason why I still want to see this movie. Yeah, Stuhlbarg. He's great. Oh well, God. I'm excited that you picked this one because it was one of those ones that I've always meant to revisit and rewatch. Because it, again, it's like like you said with the Coens, it's one of those things where I'm like, I really got to give all of their. I love them. The ones I love, I love so much. Mm-hmm. I got to give. Uh, Give this one another shot. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm into it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. And? Initial thoughts? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That movie's great. We laughed a lot. (laughs) That was so good. I'm sure we would have laughed even more had we known all of the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's just layered. Like, given yeah. how much you and I were just crackling and killing ourselves, it's just, I mean, the tone of it is so specific. Yeah. And they nail it. From the from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't... I never saw a trailer for this movie. I never knew anything about it other than it came out in 2009. I think I only ever saw one review for it, and it was the Globe and Mail, like, giving it four stars. Yeah. And I just went, oh, the Coen Brothers movie's out. Interesting. I guess I should see it. Never saw it. 
And then for I don't. This is the funny thing about all of this is that you asked me to do the podcast. Yeah. You're know, like, is there a movie that you want to see? And this immediately just came up. I was like, oh, Serious Man, Coen Brothers. I've never done it. Yeah, great. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Funny. I'm trying to think what I remember about the first time I saw. It. I distinct. We'll go through all of this, but I do not remember the opening scene. That's for sure. Yeah. I remember that ending, but I don't remember it being the ending. I remember like the tornado. But it was all, all I knew of this movie really that I thought about was that it was one of those movies that was highly regarded, but it was also a movie that I think I, I walked away with going, oh, it's a lot of inside baseball, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to sit there and not get the jokes. Yeah, a lot of it was hard to penetrate. But that's, I don't feel like that's true. I think it's really, I'm, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure there's a layer that is, makes it even funnier to, to people of the Jewish faith, but as someone who, you know, casually knows Judaism a little bit just via having a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, I I really, really enjoyed that. I had a ton of fun with that movie. It was great. Top to bottom. And yeah, having some things, obviously there's some things in that movie that have, have gone over my head and maybe, yeah. And there are things that I could, could have tapped into had I known history behind blah, 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 blah. But that's kind of, it didn't, it didn't matter. I was so enveloped from the beginning, from that beginning. Yeah. I was, I was just completely, I was taken. I was taken by this movie and I loved it. And everybody in it is fantastic. Is fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. They're all part of the same movie. The Cyberman character? Cy, he's got the most hypnotic voice You know I've that guy heard. fucks like a champ. <laughs> His dirty talk is like off the, unbelievable. Off the charts. It's off the charts. That Stuhlbarg, like, the kids, all the kids were amazing. Yeah, the wife like, was amazing. Yeah, there isn't a, there isn't a, a single like missed note by no. a, a single cast member. No. It was beautiful, and, and it's typical Cohen where you've got like you could sit back and go, well, "What was the point of that opening? Mm-hmm. What was the, I mean? You, I think you'd sit through it and, and kind of pick apart a lot of scenes like that." Which is not unlike a lot of Cohen Brothers stuff. Like they're they're kind of known for taking these wild swings. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. Like you know, No Country. Yeah. All of a sudden, the protagonist is gone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, what is that about? It's off camera. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, but it's great. Like what I love about their stuff is that, despite how heightened it, it often feels. It also feels like realistic to life in the sense that it's like, yeah, yeah, sometimes weird shit just happens and you can't explain it or you don't understand it. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that opening, I feel like I'm trying to figure what that opening meant. Uh, Yeah, it's a metaphor. It's a parable. It's absolutely there's it's there's a deeper meaning about the rest of the movie in the first scene. Yeah. And I was trying to find it the entire time. I was I was focusing really hard on the 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 debuk the debuk, the whatever yeah. whatever well, the, whatever the the ghost demon the, the was evil essentially of you, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was struggling throughout the movie to try to go like uh, am I am I trying to focus on a character here who is one or be blah 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 but then I stopped about halfway through. And was just like, and it's almost like that is the whole dentist story too. It's like it's something that bothers you, yeah. And you think about it, and you can't stop thinking about it, and then you let it go then one day. Go. I feel like that's all. That's the answer to it. Yeah, there is no answer to yep. it. Yeah. Well, what was the what was the opening um, 
There was there was a line, and the remember. line was something like was "treat a- everything that that happens to you in life with simplicity," or something like that. And it's just like good for you for remembering, for rem- that. For remembering that. Well, because they had somebody, a character had kind of repeated the same kind of idea. Yeah. But yeah, it's like oh, here's a story about. Awful, terrible things happening constantly. Well, it's, it's kind of the story of Job, right? Yeah. From the Bible. That's what it is. This guy who just constantly has stuff happen to him. And in his take on the world, is like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, his, his, his mantra that he repeats over and over again. And it's almost like the, the, the story is trying to say that. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. It, not doing something doesn't make you inadmissible to having bad mm-hmm. things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Because he's not, he doesn't come off as particularly a very religious person. I guess is the is the sense. Of it's like he questions why God would do this kind of stuff, and that's the story of Job too. It's like Job's questioning why did God do these things to me? Yep. And I think the whole point is stop questioning, and God will stop doing these things to you. Yeah, you just, like like the simplicity that you the quote, mm-hmm. like take. You don't have to be necessarily responsible for the bad things that are happening to you, but you have to take responsibility for how you react to those things. I think that's what it is. And that's and it was great. <laughs> and it's lovely to It was be- it was mark. beautiful. I thought the movie was just gorgeous. Yeah. It was lovely. He finally takes the money, I guess, and then the I assume two he seconds di- later he gets I assume bad news. He from dies the in the tornado. And then I assume he dies in that tornado. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's, it's gotta go that or, way, or the or or it kills the son. He's he's the it's, son is punished for the sins of the father. Just it. Like I feel like things. actually the best thing that could happen to to that to our hero is that he dies in that tornado. Yeah, because then the suffering is over. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It was it was great. The soundtrack was phenomenal. The whole thing, just looking at it stylistically. The fact that so much of it was shot and helmed, I mean, you can obviously speak on this better at being a director. Yeah. Um, I just happen to have an eye and I love this. I just love movies. I love this shit. But having so much of the movie presented like a horror movie. Yeah. Was brilliant. Well, the Coens have almost like these two different styles that they employ. They're they're either really cartoony, yeah, and they use really wide lenses, and everything's a bit not fisheye, but it's a bit um, exaggerated. They tend to use wide lenses, uh, and and so they get that effect. But then they also do this other thing. Oh, hey, bud. Bonjour. You locked me out. I locked you out. Yeah. We're just doing the podcast, buddy. Do you have a key? The back door is unlocked. Okay. Hey, you want me to take Rufus? Sure. We can keep this. This is adorable. We might keep this. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Rufus. Uh, where were we? Um, something about stylistically, I thought it looked a lot like oh, a horror movie. The lenses, the yeah. The lenses. So they uh, so they either do this very cartoony type thing, or they they kind of go really kind of gritty. So you've mm-hmm. got movies like Raising Arizona, and it's it's the broad comedies that yeah. kind of do this one. Well, thing. Raising Arizona is basically like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, but even like you look at Intolerable Cruelty, you look at Hudsucker Proxy, yeah. Lady Killers, those movies is like everything is heightened and it's all a bit burn after reading. Burn After Pretty Reading. Much the same thing. I'm on the fence about Burn After Reading. That was another one where I, I saw it in theaters, and I was 
pretty pumped up about it. And yeah. now, ever since, I've been like, I have no desire to watch that no, movie. No, I think I did pick that one up for three bucks at Blockbuster, but yeah. I haven't popped it back in yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the only reason I would rewatch it, I think, is what I remember is Francis McDormand and Brad Pitt's characters. Mm-hmm. I think I really enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, so you've got their bra. Oh man, they should do something with Brad Pitt again. That that was a good marriage. Yeah. Um, he's but, well, he's back. Oh, he's back. Is he back? Brad's he, back. What Brad's on top of Hollywood. Brad's on top of Hollywood again. Oh, he's doing great. He's doing. He's killing. Yeah. yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. Oh no, no, he's not back, and like they're doing something with Brad. Pitt. Oh, I'm really But like, excited. it's it's that time for everybody to get involved with Brad Pitt again. Yeah, and then um, and then they do stuff like like Louis Davis and. Yeah. Uh, um, no country, and then where it's a bit more uh, true grit. Fuck the new. The oh my god! I forgot grit. they did true grit. They've done some great stuff. They're all wow. And we, yeah, and we didn't mention Lebowski. Although there's that we did a Lebowski episode for this the podcast. Yeah, I mean, so they've got some stuff. And Lebowski's a weird like it's in the middle too, where it's it's a bit more grounded. It doesn't feel necessarily cartoony, but it's got these really these flights of really stylistic fancy mm-hmm. that it takes. In the middle, it's interesting. Like they, they have such a, they do have this. I feel like they've got this this toolbox they work within as cinematic storytellers, and and uh, but at the same time, it's they give themselves room to play and find new stuff. But they have these things they keep on returning to. But with each project, yeah. they do make specific rules, and they're like, "This is how we're going to approach this, and this is how we move the camera in this way, mm-hmm. and we set up." Like, the lighting in this feels a lot more... It's realistic lighting, more so than something like their high-key comedies. Yep. Uh, but it's also And got, this being one of their comedies as well. Yeah, but it's dark. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, 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 well, they always do dark comedies. Did you see... What was it called? Shit, their, their Western TV show they did. Western TV show they did? just came out last year. The did Coens they, did yeah, a they Western did, TV they did a Netflix show? series. Did the they, Ballad did they of like Buster Scruggs. Oh, the, 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 the movie. The, yeah, the bunch yeah, the of shorts. Movie. Well, I guess it was it was originally supposed to be a TV series. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but then they the format kept on shifting and changing. You're right, it's a yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, saw, I, saw, I saw pieces. I saw some of the, the episodes or whatever. Yeah. I think I saw like the James Franco one. Yeah. And the... Uh, They're great. Was it Nick, Nick Nolte? Was it Nick Nolte in the... No. Different old guy? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh. I've only seen it once, but I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I should probably see the rest. I can't. Really it's really great. It You'll enjoy. Okay. Yeah, it's very, very funny and dark and different. And it's yeah, it's just a, it's a bunch of vignettes of okay. the old west, and it's great. Yeah. And each one is just kind of perfect on its own. And it, what's really interesting about it, and the reason I bring it up, is because they are constantly shifting tones in that one. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's almost like you get to see all of their different flavors in one piece, as opposed to like the more nuanced, the more grounded, the more heightened. Uh, and this yeah. is and yeah, going from like separate movie to separate movie, it's the the, the it can get kind of blended, obviously, because it's like oh, yeah. same directors, whatever. But I guess having a series of shorts within one film that are all vastly different from one another is yeah, but they're all. Connected by the Old West, I yes. Guess. But this one was interesting because you've got it's so funny, mm-hmm. but it's also not cartoony. But yet there's moments where it is where it's just so over the top. Well, the, the over, but the over top is was the performances, it, yeah. but but somehow still rooted in reality. And I guess that's just like a, a boon to the Coens that they're able to pull those performances. Having that like have the script for a serious man, yeah, is got to be insane. 
I, well, it's the, crazy. It's so beautiful in the sense that it's like everyone else is just being is so grounded and just throwing everything away because it's just like it's like they don't care how much they're inconveniencing him. Mm-hmm. But it's just he's reacting to everything that's happening. I love that his son tracks him down at the lawyer's office to tell him the fucking aerial still isn't working. I mean, just like stuff like that we're just like now what what else yeah. like yeah of course I have to deal with that yeah but he's the, 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 the phone call scene with the guy from the record company yeah the I loved and, and then to have that character who's really only in the one scene we hear that guy's voice once and when Stuhlbarg throughout the entire movie is just having shit after shit after shit happen to him and kind of people shrug and go, well, it's say la vie. What yeah. are you going to do? The guy on the phone who's like going, you owe us money for the past four months. We've been all over you. As soon as Stuhlbarg says to him, like, Sorry, I've been in like an accident. I'm just bear with me. Relax. I want to know what's going on here. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, are you okay? Are you hurt? And he's the only one who like cares. Takes a moment. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was so funny. That's and true. And it's that kind of scene where it's. It's built up, and everything they're saying is is cartoonish. It's this is this is this is yeah, you don't have a normal person's listen, nightmare. Yeah, you don't have to listen to the record. Yeah, you <laughs> just don't have to. It's okay. You cancel your subscription. I did nothing. Whatever, you don't have relax. to do anything. You build when you do nothing. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, and <laughs> then all of a sudden, it just has this moment of pure. I guess that's the beauty of the script and the beauty of the Coens in general. They can have a situation where. It's written out in such a way that it's you, you, you cringe, you feel awful for the people involved, and it's funny at the exact same time. It's ridiculously funny. And then suddenly a character will have some sort of reaction or just say something, and you just you take a breath. Yeah. And it just becomes this just got like very, very, very real for a second. And it was that that was the scene for me. Like I think that might have been my favorite scene in the movie, was that phone call with that guy. Because it just, it, and again, it, it struck that balance that we're talking about. Yeah, and that's what's beautiful about that, because you could go, oh, you could take that out of the movie. But it's yeah. like, because, I mean, I think it's one of those movies, like, it is like a series of vignettes, and mm-hmm. they all kind of, but they link together so beautifully, and they... Oh, and the they, pacing of this movie was unbelievably good. Just little things, and I love the way he they connect um, all the little subplots in different ways. Like, you've got... You know, when um, Clive's dad shows up to, like, bribe him further, you've got mm-hmm. this super... Clearly, <laughs> the next-door neighbor. Is there, is there a problem <laughs> over here? Is this guy bothering you? But, it's all, but I love it, too, because like, clearly he and the neighbor don't get along. Yeah. It's like they're of different faiths. Yeah. But it's like, oh, this guy's not white. Now yeah. we're on the same exactly. team. Exactly. It's like... Exactly. And, and, and Stuhlberg's, like, confusion over, you're helping you're me helping. now? No, it's re- no, I'm fine. Ch- chill. And, the, oh, that... Then the look of the neighbor... As he's walking away, still just staring down. Just like staring down the... the, <laughs> the Seth Green dad. Fuck. And that, that scene brilliant. was great, too. It was just like, so you're blackmailing me. So you're, you're acknowledging the mm-hmm. money was sent. It's like, no, no money. That's, that's, now that's, uh, uh, what do you say, defame, defaming it. So you're saying the money was there, it's defaming. He's like, but if you, I just love the, the contradiction inside that. That was yeah, a great was scene beautiful. as well. And, and using it in the vein of like separated by a common language, essentially. Like there's a language gap. So you don't actually know... 
what the guy is saying, but again, then it becomes like, very clear what he's saying, but even then, it's still confusing. Yeah, and it's like, what did he do? This kid shows up, <laughs> yeah. he fails the test, demands a better grade, he won't give it to him, which is exactly the thing you're supposed to do leaves as a professor. Leaves an envelope of a thousand dollars. Yeah, at <laughs> least. denies it. At least. And then, which is which we figured out was um, the uh, uh, Schrodinger's cat. Yep. It's like, did he leave the envelope? Did he not leave the envelope? Clearly he left the envelope. Yep. Uh, but it is that it, I love that when you when you break it apart, it, it relates back to that that he's teaching the kid in the class the the Schrodinger's cat of whether the cat's mm-hmm. alive or dead. And it's like, did he leave the envelope? Did he not? We don't know. And at the beginning, and and, and the the first scene when he's talking to Clive before they even get into this, and they're talking about the cat thing, and then Stillbark says, you know, "I don't even understand the cat. Like, I don't get it." And yeah. then it happens but to the him directly. Makes, yeah. Happens to him directly, and he's like, "I don't understand," because Amazing. he already admitted it. It was beautiful. Do you think he gets tenure? There's um, no way. I, the only way he gets it is if he dies that day. Oh, and, for sure. I think I out. think that was the. He was going to get tenure. It was it was going to work. And then but he's then he's dying. That that all happened before he changed the grade. Yeah. And then he changed the grade. And then the phone call. And then the phone call <laughs> happens. <laughs> it took one thing. And then the tornado. One thing. One thing and the tornado. Yeah. And that was it. And it was great, and that's just something, again, it's like, that's something beautifully they set up, they had, you know, I think it was one of the opening scenes. Well, it was the opening scene, they, they started to juxtapose, the, the first scene was like juxtaposing the son and him in mm-hmm. class, is when he loses his, uh, his, 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 his Walkman, his tape, Walkman tape, thing, tape yeah. guy. And then him and the doctor, and so they do it again in the end, it's great. Yeah, I loved it. It was fantastic. Stuhlbarg, I mean... My only disappointment was that the bully kid... Turned around at the end. Yeah, we got to see. I him. thought we also saw his face at the beginning. I thought like the first scene, oh, you maybe could kind we did. of see his face. Yeah, but all those scenes were hilarious too. Because there's something about like him not turning around was really charming to me. Yeah, and then I was, I guess, I was expecting a bigger reveal. Like that was another thing. I kept th- those scenes of the kid chasing the sun and us never seeing his face. Um, and this movie, for I mean. It's 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 a Jewish parable. That's that's what they're going for. And I couldn't help but shake the feeling that they were going for a this kid is like the golem storyline. Like that 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 creature made out of oh, clay with like no face. Yeah, 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 something like that. I kept like getting that sense. Maybe I'm getting that story wrong. Yeah. But that was like the feel like Lord of the Rings kid. is what you're talking about. The no, goal. not <laughs> so he, he reminded me of a Smeagol. He was, he was back after his ring. Exactly. Yeah, he wants his ring. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Everybody was good. Yeah, Michael Stuhlbarg. I, I love that guy. Call Me By Your Name was kind of like the first. Not my intro to him because he's always been that guy in that movie. You go, I just you see Stuhlbarg's face and stuff. You're always like, he's that guy is great. Oh my god. Yeah. And Call Me By Your Name, which I'm, I'm sure you've seen, yep. um, was my first actual, hey, there he is, really good part, um, and that's one of my favorite movies ever, and to have that movie where, again, another movie with such an amazing cast, and so real to life, some of the realest performances I've ever seen, and to have somebody like Timothy Chalamet be the lead, and be as amazing as he was, you could still make the argument that Stuhlbarg was the best part in Call Me By Your Name. Oh, and wow. I wouldn't disagree He had that you. amazing scene. The, the, he had the scene of the movie. Yeah. He's absolutely incredible. That scene and of him he, and just Chalamet sitting yeah, down chatting. He's giving him the life, just the, just the chat about not fighting emotion, and 
accepting love and accepting what that means and yeah, it's beautiful. Moving. It was like that's a conversation I would have to have with my kid now. Like I or just like make them watch the movie and go like this. Let let him tell you. Yeah, I watched that movie going. That's the kind of dad I want to be. That's the kind of dad I hope I am. I just want to live up. Yeah, to and this to go scene. from that dad to now a serious man dad, it's like, well, that's kind of the dad that maybe I don't exactly want to be. Although he did his best, he didn't do anything. But that—that's, I guess, that's the kicker. Well, that's, and that's part of the problem is like you can't by not doing not doing anything. I think, and I, I love that moral to the movie. And what I take away from it is that as simple as like, yeah, it's like not doing anything is not an excuse. Yeah, to not have and not doing happen. anything is still an action. And if it's, anything, it's not. It's it's the lack. It's a lack of action. Yeah. And so that's that's why his wife's leaving him. It's he's all of his excuses are I didn't do anything. She's like I know. Yeah. He's a that's passive. The point. The point is you're a passive. Yeah. And you're not doing anything with your life. Yeah. Or you're just letting it drift by or something. It's great. And that's that's his sin mm-hmm. is that he's not doing enough with his life. Yeah. And he thinks that's okay. He thinks well I'm not ruffling any feathers. I'm not pissing it off. I'm just doing. I'm doing the least amount I need to do. And it's like yep. Yeah, then it's not enough. Yeah. And so you we must never, be we never fight. I never yell at you. We never talk about anything. I'm not doing anything. Why are you leaving me? It's like, well, everything you just said. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't do anything. <laughs> you don't do anything. And then, of course, the guy the, who she's replacing with, Cy Abelman, it's like the most magnetic. You get it. Love, like, oh my god. <laughs> just, and then he's he, such a perfect man. And he pays for the funeral. Oh, that was so funny. Just that everything. That was so funny. Just the constant. And that, I mean, there, there you go. So you the know, editing of this movie was unbelievable. Yeah, Burgeon. cuts from scene to scene. The timing, how like that, that's always been kind of amazing to me in comedies. Being able to time jokes from scene to scene is incredible, and every single time it landed in this movie, it was yeah. perfect. And that just comes from just watching and rewatching and watching with others and feel. That's my technique anyway when I'm working on my stuff. Is just. Just when I think I've got it, I'm like, I'm going to watch it with one more audience. Yeah. And then, and just sit there and feel it. Because mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that it's like, if I just do the changes, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I have to sit and feel the energy of an audience. Right. To know how the cuts are working in the end. Especially once you've watched something so many times. And they edit their own movies as well, right? Yeah, they do everything. So they, uh, so I... But I don't know how, I don't know what, I wonder what their process is in terms of uh, getting feedback and, and getting audience reaction and that kind of stuff. Or if it's just, they probably just show it to, they probably have a, it's pro- it could, a mean, circle of friends. studio things, yeah. I imagine they have a circle of friends that they, they rely on, that they sit with and they yeah. watch it. It's George Clooney. Yeah. Matt Damon. That's a fun group of people to hang And with. Michael Stuhlberg. And Stuhlberg, <laughs> yeah. Totoro. John Goodman. John Goodman. Nick Cage. They have it at his place. He's not there, but they have it at Nick Yeah, they Cage's do it at Co- in Coppola's screen, <laughs> screening room, obviously. Oh, what are they working on now? I think they um, just did the Buster Scruggs, but... The, uh, Buster Scruggs. I haven't heard what their next project is. Yeah, I don't think is. they've announced. They also, I mean, I never really hear about what they're working on until... And then a trailer pops. It's like, a, it's like out, almost. Which is kind of great, and that almost it. never happens anymore. Yeah, I love it. And it, 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 to the point where it's what's interesting when that happens now, when all of a sudden a movie like a trailer hits and I'm like, wait a minute, how come I've never heard of this movie? It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, does that mean it's not good because I never mm-hmm. heard of it? It's like, no, that you have that was the norm. Yeah. Oh, like, I've just stopped watching trailers. I can't do it anymore. I'll watch them for like the big things, like Marvel and whatever, because 
you know, 90% of why I don't watch anymore is that, like, they're revealing, and I don't want things Everything. to be revealed for me anymore. If it's gonna be something like a Marvel movie or, like, a Star Wars or something like that, I'm fine, because, like, contractually, they're not allowed to show you, like, yeah. anything important, so there's no risk. All it does is get me hype. But something like, yeah, Serious Man, I never watched the trailer. There's some movies coming out this year that I've, like, avoided... As much as I possibly can watching trailers for. Um, I did it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, the only time I caught one was, like, before a movie, they showed the trailer. I was like, okay, I guess I got yeah, watch same. it. But I saw, like, the first trailer, and that was it. And, and what did you think of the movie? And, well, you, we've, seen, we, we've both seen it? I've seen it. <laughs> um, I thought it was really, really, really fucking weird and long and lovely to look at. And filled with... Everybody was note perfect. Um, but it was really weird and long. And I was extremely bored through most of it. Found myself looking at walls and just kind of like, I don't really get this. Maybe I will get it in a bit. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, so I've, it's, it's actually funny. Among most of my actor friends, we've all kind of not... None of us have responded to it in the way that we wanted to. We, every, everybody has gone to that movie going like, this is going to be great. I'm going to love this. And to have it be anything less than that has been kind of disappointing. But I think I, it, I, it, it really brought me down. Um, and some of my other friends have absolutely adored it for reasons of like, oh, it's like a, it's an homage to old Hollywood and I love Los Angeles so much and it was great seeing those streets and that is like, that can resonate with me it's, sometimes. It's definitely his most divisive movie. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I went in with so low expectations. Really? I expected it to, to be nothing. Yeah. And I gotta say, I don't know what, it was just I was in the right set of mind but I felt like that movie just kind of drifted over me and I just went along with the flow, and I really adored it. I don't think it's not my favorite movie by him by any means, mm-hmm. but for something about it, I was just kind of charmed throughout, and it just it just worked for me for reasons I don't understand. Yeah. Because I do find he is. I think it's because I look at him, and I feel like he had been getting into this very specific rhythm with the last couple of movies he made, particularly it's like doing those three period pieces in a row. Yeah. It just felt like he's got this format that... And two of I, them being westerns. Yeah, and I found them to be very predictable in certain ways. And just That's in, what I found with this. Interesting, but I kind yeah. And then for me, I just felt like he was just floating along, and he didn't really get to any specific point, but there was something that I found charming about it. I don't know why. Oh, I, yeah. I no, by no means did I think it wasn't charming. I was, like, charmed throughout. The, the performances helped. Like, yeah. Brad Pitt, I thought, in that movie was just unbelievable. But to your point, like, I'm kind of like, when I thought of it after, I was like, I'm shocked that I wasn't bored by that movie. Yeah. Because it's just the way, like, thinking back on a lot of it, another day, I would have been like, fuck this movie. Right. But right, for right, some right, reason, right. I saw it with the right frame of mind. You were in a really cool headspace. I must have been. You I saw yourself in Brad Pitt's sunglasses. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think... Well, that was the other thing, speaking of his, like, previous work and those... The, the, the three period pieces he did, one of them being Inglorious Bastards. And having seen that movie, and I have my own thoughts about that movie, um, the ending of Inglorious Bastards, he does again for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, and I expect, and, and it was expected. Like I went in going, I think he's gonna do this because otherwise, why would you make this movie? And he did exactly that. And the people who I've talked to 
who didn't see it coming liked the movie. The people I've talked to who did see it coming were all bored by the movie. Because they knew where it was going to go. Because they knew, we all knew where it was essentially going to go. And it did. And the ending like, was the best part of the movie. I had such a blast with it. I was like, yeah, this is what I saw coming, I, but I love it. Oh my god, this is so, this is so Tarantino. This is so great. But then the movie ended, ended, and then I kind of looked back on the previous two hours and 35 minutes like, before the last 10, and I went, why did it have to be two hours and 35 yeah. minutes? It's my it, God. Because nobody tells him to cut anything exactly. he doesn't want to cut. Exactly. It's really what it comes exactly. down to. is like, he's allowed yeah. the keys to the kingdom and can do whatever he wants. Yeah, let's have a 15-minute scene of Brad Pitt feeding his dog and making macaroni and cheese. Just because. Why not? You got a real sense of who that guy was, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you knew who that guy was. Uh, yeah. Uh, getting back to the Coens, then. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they have... I mean, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Um, the, uh, the only thing I can think of right now is where it ranks in my Cohen pantheon. Oh, that's a good question. And I think it's... I'm gonna have it pretty high. Same. I really, really, really like this movie. It's mid to I'm high, for sure. I'm upset I didn't see it. Like, it's, this movie came out ten years ago. Yeah. And I haven't seen it, and I'm very disappointed. I saw it once, I've seen but it I don't finally. think I was paying attention. I probably saw it late at night. Yeah, you I were just... reacting to like a lot of stuff as if you were seeing it for the first time. I'm like, how'd you forget that? I might as well <laughs> have, because honestly, my memory of this movie is so shallow right. that I remember the most basic little small elements. I must have watched it late at night, expecting not to be into it, and I was tired. I think, well, also 10 years ago was when my son was... Uh, a newborn, so I was probably fucking sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. I think I, I think I got a disc from Netflix or Zip.ca, <laughs> whatever it was, and I popped it in, and then I probably fell asleep, and right. then I went, Ugh, I wasn't gonna get it anyway, <laughs> and then just never really put forth ever. But I'm so glad because now that was the that was the only outlier for me in the in the Cohen's oeuvre. Like that's the only one that I hadn't really ticked off properly. Right, right, right. right. Even though I had seen it. So I was, I'm just really tickled that I, I went back and I loved it as much as yeah, I did. Yeah, no, I loved it. it I definitely think it's, it's up high, there for me. But for it's sure. tough because as you and I are going through all like all of their movies, which most of them are greatest hits for me and some of my favorite movies, Barton Fink, we didn't even mention Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Uh, Freaking Miller's, Miller's Crossing. Crossing, my God! That's just it. It's like I, because I want to say it's like oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna retract my earlier statement about like every third movie being bad. Okay, there's like two movies by them that I think are kind of bad. Yeah, the rest are kind of masterpieces. That's just it, and that's and so to go like, oh, it probably ranks high in the list. I'm like, I don't know, because yeah. here's the thing: even if it's number, if it's like in the bottom five in the list, it's still it's a great still movie. A great movie. You know, it's still, it's like the old yeah. thing. It's like, even, it's like pizza. It's like, even if it's bad, you're still eating pizza. Yep. The you know? dish. Yeah. It's, it was, it was great. I loved it. Um, I would see it again. I would like to see it again, actually, kind of as soon as possible. Um, the hopefully, after also consulting Google, because I'm going to look up this movie and be like, what did I miss? Like, where, where are yeah. the themes that I'm not going to get I'm gonna as, find a, the as a Catholic video. white guy? Yeah. Like, where, where, what do I have to actually bring to my second viewing? Um, we'll see what that changes. But Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I'd want to, like, read into all the stuff that I didn't understand and yeah. then be able to watch it with that fresh sense. That's the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's the trick. All right, sir. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. That was great. Yeah, that was yeah. That was that was awesome. I'm glad that you wanted to see this movie again, and I'm glad oh, I hadn't seen it before. I'm oh, I'm not. I wish I had, but 
That was great. That's a great way to yeah, do it. Yeah, that was great. All right. I appreciate it, dude. We'll do it again. Thanks, man. Let's all go to the Thanks for joining us for A Serious Man. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves